Our scripture today is from Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. We are glad to see you this morning. I was a little concerned with everything going on in our world right now, especially in our area with the surge in the coronavirus. So I just encourage you to stay safe, wear your mask, and wash your hands and all that good stuff. Um, Just want to let you know, Rupert is not going to be here today. Um, he is not feeling well. Um, I don't think it's anything serious, but just to be cautious, he, he decided to stay home. So um, we're going we're gonna to go along without him. And Sean is on vacation today, so hopefully he's enjoying some time with his family. But um, just wanted to take a moment and say thank you all so much um, for your thoughtfulness during the Christmas season with your cards and gifts and well wishes for us. Um, we just are very thankful for that. Your love for us over the last few years has been a huge blessing for us, and we're just so thankful to be part of this church family. I hope that you are all able to enjoy your Christmas holiday. It was extra special for us because if you'd asked me back in the spring, there's no way I would have thought my father-in-law would have still been with us, but God has allowed him another Christmas with us and a New Year's, and um, we actually had all of our kids in town, so we had a really sweet holiday to get to see everybody. Um, So today I don't want to talk about a normal New Year's resolution type sermon, Um, so this is not about that at all. I instead want to talk to you about relationships. I really feel like God laid this on my heart a while back, and so I'm going to share that with you this morning. Um, First of all, our relationships with God, and then our relationships with each other. Let's start off by praying. Heavenly Father, we've made it through another year, and we give you thanks for that, and we give you praise for that. In a year where so many have lost loved ones, dealt with just heavy family situations and so much more, the fact that you still have us here today shows me, Lord, that you still have something that you need for us to do or you desire for us to do. Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word this morning, that you will speak to our hearts, that you will encourage us, challenge us, and just help us to become exactly who you want us to be. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So today we're going to start off by looking at the same scripture that Aiden read a few moments ago. If you want to turn to that in your Bible or on your smartphone, um, that would be Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. I am going to warn you, there's going to be a lot of scripture today. We didn't put it on the screen, that's on me. Um, I actually like to read it in the Bible, so I hope you all will do the same. But if not, um, you can just listen to it when we get to it. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Teacher... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus said that our number one priority in our lives should be loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. In that, he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. 
So I'm a questions kind of person. So for me, it's like, okay, I get the command. Now, how do we do that? What would, what would that require for us to do to love God in this way? So to start off, I'm just going to kind of give you a few things, and I'm just going to tell you in advance, we'll barely scratch the surface, but how can we love God with all of our heart? I believe that when we are first saved of our sin, that our fondness for God and our love for God is very high. We are so grateful for what God has done for us, and the thought of someone paying the debt for my sin, it still blows me away to this day. I do remember the day when I recognized my sin and I received that gift of salvation. It's, it's just a, it's something I will never forget. And um, I, I tell the, the youth that I work with here at the church and the children, they don't know what a blessing it is to be raised in a, in a godly home, to be raised in a church, and to be taught the truths of God's word as a child because hopefully you won't make as many mistakes that way. Um, so anyway, I typically say that love is more than a feeling it's more than just words. It also requires actions. When I tell my wife, Ann, that I love her, that would be empty and hollow words unless I followed, up, followed that up by showing her that I love her. So week in and week out, I try to do little things around the house. Um, I do the laundry. I help out with cooking and cleaning. You know, we, we go out a lot more now that our kids are grown. We, so I take her out on dinner dates and stuff like that. You know, you get the point. I'm kind of you know, my actions are, are showing what I truly believe. Um, and I don't want to stand up here and act like that I'm some perfect husband because that would be far from true. And if she were in here, she'd probably like shake her hand at me maybe. But, um, you know, some weeks I fail miserably. You know, some weeks I'm not a very good husband. I'm not very patient. I, I, some, some weeks I just got an attitude. Um, and I'm so thankful for during those times that Ann genuinely loves me and cares for me and even tolerates me during my times of failure. You know, loving God requires more than our words. We must truly know God to begin with. I know that my experience was that God sought me out when I didn't know him. I still think back often of that day. I was sitting out beside a pond, you know, just evaluating my life. My life was falling apart, and I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard God speak to me. And if you have entered into a relationship with God, you've heard that voice. You've heard that drawing from his spirit to come to him. So I know for me that God sought me out and he offered me that gift of salvation. That was so awesome. I cannot tell you. At first, you know, I was raised in a household where we believe anything that sounds too good to be true always is. So for me, I struggled at first. I was like, you know, this can't be true. This is just too good to be true. But, you know, I, I finally gave in, and I finally was like, you know, yes, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to receive you. And what I had no idea at the time was that God was going to offer me so much more than just to know him. It's just something special about that relationship when you take it to the new level where you actually walk with God, where you actually spend time with God. So that... Um, it's a relationship that all of us desperately need. I know that um, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, he came to give us abundant life. So often in this world today, we settle for second best or, or we try to choose the things the world offers. Life in Christ is abundant, it's full, 
and we have joy and we have purpose. So when I was growing up, I had this emptiness inside of me. I didn't really know what it was, so I tried to replace it with things. You know, I come from a large family. You know, we, it was not the greatest economic times when I was raised, so we didn't have a lot of things. So I tried buying a lot of things when I grew up and started working and stuff like that. That didn't work. I thought, well, surely if I make more money, that's the American way, right? You can be happy with that. That didn't work. I tried friendships with different people. None of that stuff left me where I wanted to be. I still felt hollow and wanting more. When we enter into a relationship with Christ and allow that relationship to grow, our lives truly have deeper meaning and purpose. So Ann and I spend time together. We work together. We do fun things together. And over the last few years, we've struggled a lot together. <laughs> Didn't expect that one. So anyway, um, started off a couple of years, two and a half, three years ago, my mom was diagnosed with ALS. We worked through that. You know, Ann's dad this past year has had a terribly hard year. You know, we supported each other through that. And so many of y'all have prayed for our sweet granddaughter, Sophie. She's just got so many health challenges. And we've walked through that together as well. What a great gift God gives when he gives you a spouse that loves you and is there for you. You know, what I've really grown to learn, though, is God is with us even so much more. You know, sorry, we can, um, you know, I know you guys, you know, when I mention the word church family, I mean it. So many of y'all care about me and my family. Most, a lot of y'all hadn't even met Sophie, but y'all have prayed for her faithfully day after day. It's just something special about relationships. So we can love God by spending time with him, by reading his word. And I always encourage our youth not to read the Bible as a storybook, even though it does tell us a story, but it's so much more. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is alive, and it works within us. You know, we can love God by spending time with him in prayer also. And, you know, like, I watch, we watched a lot of Disney movies in my house when we were growing up, and, you know, one of my favorites was Aladdin. And, um, but, you know, the point of that is, you know, he had the genie in the bottle, you know, and he would just give him whatever the wish was. We can't view God that way. Sorry. God invites us to be in a deeper relationship with him. He truly wants us to feel his presence. So we may be able to intellectually agree that God is always with us, but oftentimes we, we feel that God is distant or he's not with us. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Scripture is clear that once we enter into a relationship with God, we are never alone. 
God is always with us. But that doesn't mean that sometimes we, we necessarily feel or recognize his presence. You know, God also tells us, encourages us, do not be anxious for anything. I can tell you that the last few years we've had, life can be very challenging at times. But we don't need to be anxious. God is still in control. He's still on the throne. And God will see us through. We need to approach God through prayer and supplication. So we know that prayer is like having a conversation or talking with God. So I've known this verse for many years. I decided, I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and just look up the definition of supplication just to see if it's what I even think it means. Are you all guilty of that? Sometimes you read something and you think you know what it means, but you don't take the time to look it up. Anyway, I do that sometimes. Basically, dictionary.com says it's the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. So I can remember when Sophie was just a week, or, week old or so, we had gone down to visit. We knew that there was some, some stuff going on. We didn't really know what. But we had to take her to the emergency room because she was having like these tremors or spasms. I'm not sure exactly what the technical term would be. And, you know, I went with them to the hospital. And, you know, and Ashley went back in the back with Sophie. Um, I was sitting out in the waiting room. And I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, what if it's this? What if it's this? What if it's this? I, was, I became so overwhelmed so quickly with fear that I quickly recognized, and I was like, God, I can't do this. I can't go down this road. And I asked God, I was like, please just help me feel your presence. Immediately, I felt God's presence. He gave me a peace and a confidence that he was sitting right there with us. I can remember sitting in the hospital room with my mom on her last day and she was just deeply gasping for breath. It was a really hard thing to see. My uncle came in and he was just like, he came in, he grabbed her hand, said, I love you, sister, and then he ran out of the room crying. I chased him out of the room and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, how do you do this? I was like, because I love her and I don't want her to be by herself. Not long after he left, I, I whispered to her, and I was like, Mom, you just need to let this life go. We're going to be okay. But I said, even more important than that, Jesus is waiting for you, and he's going to welcome you into his, his presence. To say I was begging God to end her suffering would be an understatement. So I don't want to say that I live this perfectly all the time because I don't. I'm human. I try to fix things in my own power. I try to do things on my own. I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. But God sees everything. A lot of times we get caught up in the moment. If you ever get to the point where you can truly trust God and that what he wants for you is best, even in the midst of trials and hardships, we can truly experience joy that the presence of God brings. James tells us in, in chapter 1, verse, verses 2 through 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you have that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, 
and the steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, it's really hard for us as humans to fathom when going through hard times and going through difficult times and going through great hardships that we can experience joy. But it's true. We can trust the process. When we go through these hard things and we trust God, God is faithful to walk with us. And just the privilege of being able to walk with God is more than I can put into words. Eventually, he'll bring us to the point where we lack nothing spiritually speaking. You know, we can also show our love for God by obeying his commands, putting his will above our own. We live in a world today where everybody wants to do their own thing. They want to make their own rules. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, when we trust God and obey him and his commands, we get closer to him. We can show God how much we love him just by obeying him. If we go back to the main passage of scripture, Matthew 22, 36 through 40, scripture says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So we've talked a little bit about how we can love God. And again, like I said, we only scratched the surface just a little bit. But I wanted to talk to you about the second part of this command as well. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to look out for the well-being of those around us in our families, in our church, in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our communities. So how can we love our neighbors as ourselves? Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So we need to get to a point where we genuinely think of what is best for the other person. We need to strive to see them succeed in life, and more importantly, in their walk and their relationship with God. Can you imagine if we spent a significant amount of our time that God has given us to trying to help others to do well? It's so easy for us to sit around and complain or sit around and be fearful of what's going on around us. If we took that energy that we use on those type of things and put it to good, to focusing on God, to walking with God, and to helping others do the same, I think this world would be a better place. I've spent years serving God in ministry. And the main thing God has allowed me to do is to try to point the young people that I get to work with to love God and to love others. If young people and all of us were to live this out, we will have a life that is full of purpose and infinite value. You know, we were created to be in relationship with God and with others. To be all that God wants us to be, we need to be both. So you guys have allowed me the privilege to befriend these youth, to teach them to walk with Jesus, and just to spend time with them you know, over most of the last decade. If you were to ask me, Chris, what is your greatest joy in ministry? I would tell you it's when young people 
truly get the word of God and they enter into a relationship with God and it just clicks. You know, sometimes things just click. So something like that. But also, sadly, if you were to ask me my greatest sorrow in ministry is when people just don't seem to get it. Or they choose the chaos this world has to offer instead of God. And it's so easy in our world to focus on the fact that I have only a few youth to work with. But I want to tell you, even though we've got only a few, this is an awesome group of young people to work with. The pandemic has taken its toll on the bond that all of us share, because a lot of times, you know, we really bond when we go away on trips and we study God's word together, we serve together, we worship together. And, you know, the pandemic has definitely impacted that. But, you know, through it all, God is still working in these young people's hearts. He's drawing them to himself, and they are responding in obedience. So let me paint you the picture of the youth that we do have in our church. While the number is few, I believe their impact for eternity will be huge. So this past fall, we started a different type of Wednesday night program. The youth and young adults have partnered with Ann and I as we look at making disciples. You know, start with, I hate the word youth group. Um, that just, to me, just has an empty and hollow connotation to it. You know, I like the words youth ministry, you know, where we're actually doing something, where we're serving God, where we're, we're trying to seek to be with God. So Ann and I are mentoring our youth, and we spend time together with them, talking with them about how they can lead our children into a deeper relationship with Christ. So basically, we all take turns running activities, um, teaching. But, you know, the thing that's really special is at the end of our time together, um, three of our youth and, and one of our young adults work with these children in groups of, you know, two, three, or four, depending on how many we have that week. And they're sitting there memorizing Scripture together, and they're also um, working on learning godly principles through the teaching of catechisms. You know, I was working with um, parents for several weeks into this, and we were having a good time. Um, so I didn't get to see firsthand what was going on in the actual classroom with the kids. Um, some things changed, and it worked out that I was able to get back in the classroom with them. And that first night I was in there, I just sat there watching our youth and young adult teaching these children, loving these children, discipling these children. And I can't tell you the joy that I felt because I know God is pleased. You know, these youth also understand that ministry is so much more than just an hour of teaching or 30 minutes of teaching. It's about building relationships with these people. Our youth and children's ministry now do a lot of joint things together, and it's very intentional. If you get a teacher and a student together to just have fun and to build a relationship, the next time that youth and that child sit down to study God's word, that child is going to listen on a different level. When that youth or that young adult tells these children what God means to them, these children listen, and they hear, and they respond. So I must confess that when God led Ann and I to this model for teaching, part of the reason we came up with this plan was because we just didn't have any volunteers to help us as far as adults. 
Ann and myself and Suzanne are the adults that work in the program, and Brandon's an adult now as well. Um, but you know, to pull off a program and to do it well, it takes more than one or two people. So when I first presented this to Sean, he gave us the freedom to give it a try. And I think that the fruit we're seeing already is more than we could have expected. You know, we're hoping to start a small group ministry here at the church very soon. This pandemic is definitely making it very difficult and challenging to start new ministries. But God created us to be in relationship with him and with others. God wants us to live in Christian community with one another. He wants us to have genuine fellowship where we truly bear one another's burdens, where we celebrate the good things, and we walk together through those difficult days offering love and support every step of the way. You know, Katie, she keeps coming back to serve our church. You know, she and I started off as a youth minister and student many years back. But through years of living life together, challenging one another, holding one another accountable, encouraging one another, we've become really good friends. You know, we went out to dinner a couple of weeks ago at um, one of mine and Ann's favorite restaurants, and the manager came by the table and he was like, is this your daughter? I know I hesitated a little bit, and I said, well, no, but she's really like our daughter. And we definitely consider her family, and we love her very much. So at this time, I'm going to ask Katie to come up here, and we're going to um, talk to her a little bit about her faith walk here at Monument Heights. We're going to still try to keep the six-foot distance, too. So Katie, so we've known each other a long time now, been through a lot of things together. Looking back on things, what is the most important thing to you being part of the youth ministry here at Monument Heights? When I was growing up, um, it was the most important thing to me that I made my faith my own. So kind of like taking that relationship into my own hands, being intentional about um, having my own quiet time with God because twice a week doesn't really do it for you. Um, it's like brushing your teeth. You can't do it once a month or go to the dentist twice a year and expect your teeth not to fall out. Um, and so that consistency um, was the most important thing for me and that's what kind of like led me to actually get to know God instead of just getting to know kind of his word. So what has been your biggest challenge and how did being part of this family help you with that? Sin is a really big struggle for me. Um, and it's hard because sometimes sin doesn't look like sin. Um, sometimes it looks like, oh, you know, like I want to um, study for my finals this week um, and prioritize that time instead of taking quiet time, even though I know that I'll find peace in that amongst the chaos. Um, or it's like, you know, I slept for two hours last night because I was writing an essay that's due the next day, um, but then I lose that time with God, and it really um, makes an impact on the rest of my day and the rest of my life when I don't take that time with God, um, and especially when I don't take that time intentionally um, and make it about kind of getting to know Him, um, getting serious and spending time with Him instead of just kind of checking it off of my list. Okay. Thank you for that. So I've watched you grow from a child into what I believe is a strong young woman for God, I've watched you develop as a godly woman, a teacher, a worship leader, and a servant. 
just with these things in mind, what has been the most fulfilling part of your journey here at Monument Heights? The connections that I make with people. Um, I love people. And um, the first thing that came to my mind um, with this question was when I see the kids that I get to work with from time to time and when they see me and they're like, Katie, and they'll kind of like give me high fives or give me hugs and it's just kind of like that reminder of like, there are people here that care about me. Um, there's people here that know kind of what's going on in my life and who care to know what's going on in my life and keep tracks and keep tabs on me and things like that. Um, and just their intentionality with me um, and how I feel led to reciprocate it. So my desire as a youth leader here has been to teach you to walk with Jesus. So first of all, it's a two-part question. How is that going for you? And could you verbalize what it means to walk with Christ? First of all, walking with Jesus is fun. Um, I love doing it. It's one of, like, it's my favorite part of my life. Um, and I don't say that lightly. It's definitely harder sometimes, um, and I find myself, you know, leaning on him more at, at some points and kind of like leaning back a little bit in other points of my life. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I know that no matter what, um, Christ is for me and he is with me. And just having that knowledge um, kind of just makes me want to pursue him all the more because I know how intentional he is with me and how much he pursues my heart. Um, and that just kind of like really clings to me and um, just kind of gives me a reason to love him. So the last thing is, do you have a word of encouragement or a challenge for us as a church, for our youth, or for our children? Um, I would encourage everyone um, just like to look at God and get to know him, get to know his characteristics, because I think, honestly, just by getting to know God, you get to know who you could be. Um, and knowing how much he is and how much that we reflect him and that we're made in his image, I think the more that we get to know him, the more that we can reflect him. Okay. Well, again, thank you, Katie, for that. Um, thank you for your transparency and your willingness to share with us, and um, thank you for modeling your walk with Christ for us. Um, I'm going to ask you just to hang out up here because you're going to be singing in a few minutes. Um, you know, if we look around, we do have some great young people here in our church. Even today, our youth are involved. Jeremy's in the sound booth. Matthew and Brandon are running the live stream. Aiden is involved. You know, we're just truly blessed that the young people we have are involved. You know, part of Sean's overall direction or vision for our church is to lead people to know God on a deeper level and to obediently follow him. If more churches took discipleship seriously... I believe that this world would be a much better place. In the world we live in today, there's no greater need than to lead people to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others. We commit ourselves to prayer for God to bring us a harvest for his kingdom and for his glory. I truly believe that the reward for our faithfulness will be huge. We just need to be obedient to his call. So let's pray. If we, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your presence here with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for loving us, for caring for us. Lord, we thank you that you created us to be relational people. Lord, we thank you that you desire a relationship with us, that you pursue us. Lord, I pray that each of us would turn to you and allow you to, to show us your will and your way for our lives.
Lord, I pray that you would help us to love people around us. Lord, sometimes loving the people in our own household is the hardest. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to, to love others as you love us. Lord, help us to be willing to forgive and to just look out for what's best for the other person. Lord, I pray that as we continue this worship time this morning, that you would be glorified, that you would be honored, and that each of us would have a desire to walk with you on a deeper level. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if we find ourselves this morning not in a right relationship with God or with our neighbors or our families, then I would encourage you this morning to take a few minutes. Katie's going to sing and play for us. To just think about it. To recognize what's going on. And then for you to be able to work that out with God. I truly believe God is all about relationships. And if we are in a broken relationship of any type, I think it prevents intimacy with God. So as she, say, as she plays in a moment, I encourage you to take a few minutes to just talk with God. If your relationship with him is broken because of sin or neglect, then I encourage you just to think about it. Ask God to forgive you. Make a commitment to God that you're going to repent and allow his healing hand to touch your life. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is willing and ready to bring complete restoration to your relationship with him. This is where I go to Madeline. If you have a broken relationship with somebody else, you need to go to God, you need to confess your part of that and that brokenness, and you need to give it over to God. You need to make a commitment as much as you're able to repent and to turn away from that and seek reconciliation through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we come to the table, it's a serious thing. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we should be reconciled to God. So now we're just going to have a few moments to think about it, to talk with God, and then we'll come back together. God, help us not to allow anything between us and you. Please hear our cries for forgiveness and rec reconciliation. I ask you to heal us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.